You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Love is Is God with you? From Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Good morning, church. Welcome to New Life Fellowship, Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, if you are here as a visitor, welcome to Ho Chi Minh City. And if you're here for uh, a longer term, meaning working here, I would like to get to know you uh, after the service. And it is a good time uh, that, that you came in the end of the year as well. So those of us who are traveling, watching live stream, uh, have a blessed trip back home and time with your family. Right? Uh, this morning, we have no Sunday uh, school classes because on the Christmas break, as we follow the international school calendar and no other igniting classes as well. So those of us who have children, uh, this is a time of, uh, you know, need uh, PG parental guidance and, you know, keep all children uh, in their proper, proper seat. Yeah. And uh, if they want to run a few rounds, that's fine. Well, third round, you should bring them to, a, you know, um, a restroom, rest them well there and have a talk. Yeah. All right. Um, every year, if you have been Christian for decades, either you are excited about the Christmas messes or you just say, I've been there, done that, I heard so many times. You know? uh, it just, we don't have a lot of Bible passages about Christmas. I mean, we all go to Matthew, Luke, back to Isaiah, and so on. Um, the uh, messes I want to kind of... Um, share with you this morning is also um, uh, kind, of a, kind of a reflection, raise your awareness, and um, challenge you a bit, yeah? Uh, usually, Christmas message is more comforting, and I try my best <laughs> to be comforting. Uh, but the question I asked this morning, uh, as you've been, if you those of you who have been Christian for so long, you know that the word Emmanuel is God with us. Uh, but the question I ask, is God with you? Is God with you? And how do you know that God is with you? Are, sh are you sure about that? Uh, there's a difference between faith and assumption. So for those of us who have been knowing Christ for some time, I just want to challenge you that is God with you or it's just your assumption? And how do we know that God is with us? Are you still with me? The Bible was written over a spread of several thousand years. There may be between six, seven thousand years. And over a span of time through different generations. So it's not one man who wrote the Bible. And so it's miraculously stitched all the message together in a one unified message. And over the years, the Bible has been the, the final form that we receive is called the 
canon, can, canon is a canonical form order, meaning that is after a lot of uh, process that people begin to put into kind of a theological message from Genesis to Revelation. Even though the date of the book, different book, was written different time, but it's carry out a very unified message. <coughs> now, is God with you? It depends on whether you know some of the people in the Bible. Have you ever read Matthew chapter 1? Yeah? It's the most, uh, quote-unquote, boring chapter. Yeah? If you know what I'm talking about. It's a list of names. The genealogy of Christ. It's not interesting at all. If you visit some family and they, after the dinner and tea or coffee and they tell you, okay, let me show you my family tree with some picture and so on. If you have a good relationship, you might want to sit, you know, listen for half an hour or so, right? About different stories and so on. And yet sometimes we read Matthew 1. We skip it because, I mean, these people' names, it, you know, they are distant from us. How many of you here know the guy named Adam? <laughs> uh, Abraham. Is he your relative? Yes. How about the guy named Moses? Yes. Is he your relative? Yes and no. How about the lady named Ruth? Yeah? You know Ruth? Really? Okay. <laughs> How about the guy named Obed? Oh, bad, B-E-D, huh? not bad, right? How many of you know Obed? Yes, only a few. How many of you know Boaz? Oh, you know Boaz, okay, okay, good. You know Boaz, all right. How many you guys know the guy named Jesse? Jesse? Yeah, only, oh, okay, only you know, Jesse, yeah. Is your uncle? Yeah. Okay. How many of you know uh, the guy named Joseph? Yeah. How about Mary? Yeah. How about the guy named Jesus? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, you got it, right? Now, <coughs> is God with you? The answer will lie in depends on whether you have the relationship with those people I mentioned. Is your relative, <laughs> if, if in the case, yeah? Do you know them? I mean, some of us will know more information about the billionaire today, whether Bill Gates, Elon Musk, uh, other people. But if I ask any of you here, tell me more about the guy named Obed. Probably you have to scratch your head and try to Google it. Yeah. Uh, so, so to now an intro for uh, next year. If you if you are new here, if you don't know about those names, it's okay. It's a good start, which means 2024 
that you have to begin to read the Bible from cover to cover. Yeah? From Genesis to Revelation and all those names. At least you will get to know them. In a way, God sovereignly introduced those names to us. Though they stranger in a way that we don't really have any, you know, biological connection. But they are indeed is the main bulk of a story that God wants to tell us. And with either we enjoy the Christmas story, we need to be part of that story. Otherwise, the sentence God with us make no sense. Yeah? But God with us has always been in the context of community. Now, even though we said that, you know, Jesus is my personal Savior... You know, my Lord, but it's always in the context of a communal, communal context, community. It's never be about isolation, you, me, and God. Well, that's to say that a lot of people that they just, me and God, I don't care about others. The message of Christmas never about just you and God. It's always in the context of community. Because God has been with his people. It's always plural. God with us. So the question I ask is, is God with you? You can say God is with me, but in the context of God's people. Because you cannot just go to Mars and say, you know, God with us. If you travel an astronaut, you can go there, but it makes no sense at all. Because God, with his people throughout different parts of a history, has, has carried out the whole idea that God wanted a relationship and spending time with his people. And so that he called, he, you are my people and I am your God. And that throughout the whole history from Adam to Noah, to Moses, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to David and his descendant all the way to Jesus Christ, which is the descendant of both King David. And so when we come to the time of Jesus, Matthew 1 told us, identify with, because they're mainly the Jewish audience. So it's in need that he lay out all the names to make all the connection for the Jewish audience to make all the way to Abraham. Jesus was, after all the names, Jesus was son of Abraham. For those of us who come into term with Jesus Christ and believe him, and therefore we are sons and daughters of Abraham. We are not biologically connected, but by faith we are descendants of Abraham. But look who his main audience will be, the Gentiles. So he identified Jesus in Luke chapter 3. You go home and read it. He also laid out the genealogy. But he ended with the son of Adam. He identified Jesus Christ, Savior, as a son of humanity. And so whether you're Jew or Gentile, we're all brought into the family of God, the chosen family of God. Because 
of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, with us is God. That's how the Hebrew structure it. Now, some of you have a song, and sometimes you're confused about the, the, the spelling, whether I or E, right? Im. So the, the Hebrew will be the I, Emmanuel. The Greek, because there's transliteration of the Hebrew, so it will go to the epsilon, the beginning, so Emmanuel. But we pronounce Emmanuel. Emmanuel simply with us is God. Of course, is that not sound right in English? So we say God is with us. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call name his name Emmanuel. We all know this, which means God with us. And I want to tell you about the birthplace. I share a little bit of uh, interesting about the birthplace of Bethlehem. So my message this morning is not going to be a, a usual message. A bit scattered. I in kind of a chill mode and want to kind of pass, pastoral chat with you. Okay. So if you see me going here, going there, going there, that's because I, one, I don't have enough coffee, two, <laughs> because uh, Christmas, right? <laughs> and so uh, Bethlehem, you, have you ever wondered why, why Bethlehem? It's not a significant town, if you know the map, if you know. It's not like, you know, if you talk about country, it's not Ho Chi Minh City, Hanoi, you know, Da Nang, or it's not New York, it's not, you know, um, California, or it's not London, Paris. It's just uh, a little bit of uh, a down south. It's uh, down south. It's just about 10 miles from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the epicenter of worship. I mean, it's, the, it's still today, it's the biggest epicenter of all political tension, social turmoil, the war, watching Jerusalem. And it, in, a, in a way that whatever happened to Jerusalem will somewhat you know, have an have a impact to others' uh, region as well as in the world. But Bethlehem. Bethlehem is more like a rural kind of country. You know, 10 miles, some of you can cycle, some of you can run. Yeah? And the terrain is uh, kind of up and downhill. Uh, by the way, Jerusalem is right in the center. The reason that, that um, God somewhat, you know, ordained and let David chose kind of a city of David there because to enter Jerusalem by foot is very tough because it's going to be uphill, downhill, you know, all the valleys. So for attack from the neighboring country, you know, will take them days and months. Uh, even a chariot will not work. All right, now we have an airplane, a rocket, you see, right? different, different story. But back then, it's hard to attack Jerusalem. And so kind of surrounded by mountain range and all of the valleys. It, it, it takes, you know, days so that they can prepare for the battle. But Bethlehem, 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 the, the, the Hebrew word simply means the house of bread. House of bread. Kind of a rural area. And they'll give you some kind of, just a few things. There's so many things, but I just want to uh, give you a few uh, connections. Next slide, please. Um, that is Rachel was kind of, um, you know, Rachel, you know Rachel? Uh, is a sister of Jacob, right? Who is, he? Who, is she? Who is she? Wife. Oh, thank you. Yes, good. Wife of Jacob. And she, uh, she died there in Bethlehem. Right? That's a passage there. She dies there. 
Uh, we talk about Boaz and Ruth, right? Ruth is um, <coughs> that married to Boaz and, um, and uh, in Bethlehem. She, she from Bethlehem. And she gave birth to the guy named Obed. Yeah, Obed. Obed is Bethlehem, is the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David, King David, right? And because Joseph Mary, Joseph, the husband of Mary, was also that is traced back to the descendant of David. That's in genealogy. And so that's why Matthew 1 traced out Jesse is connection with uh, David. So let's talk about family tree. And Mary, of course, is also that in the story we told that they back to Bethlehem. Why? Because the degree from the emperor need to be registered, the census. It's like today they do statistics. I don't know about other country in Vietnam. I think, I don't know, maybe once a year or every two years they do census. And they will ask you for, you know, the birthplace. And you, uh, if you give a, 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 now they don't ask you to go back to your home country to register. Wherever that you give birth, you could be at that city. And, but you need to register. So the reason they're on a hurry back to Bethlehem for registration. But the Bible, the rest of the Bible after this event, they never mention Bethlehem again. Because it's insignificant. And there's a one incident that I remember right after the beautiful star of Christmas would be a horror story. You know what that is? The order of killing all the firstborn in Bethlehem. Because the Herod want to hunt down the coming King Jesus. So literally... He want to wipe out the whole town of Bethlehem with our firstborn son. So God allowed Joseph and Mary that escaped to Egypt to fulfill another prophecy out of Egypt, I call my son. Because Jesus, the God Emmanuel, is just not a God that saved, but the God of deliver from all kinds of enemies. So the Emmanuel is always in the context of a war. From Isaiah in the kind of a coming invasion of Assyrian. That's why prophet Isaiah was sent to talk to King Ahaz. There will be a deliverer. His name can be Emmanuel. Now for that time, they think will be uh, another probably warrior king to deliver them. Little did they know will be another another 700 years later. So they're waiting and waiting and waiting. So Emmanuel, in the context of a war, because we're in a war, which means that the enemy is so big and so huge, you cannot fight back. So the only message of comfort and deliverance is the message that there will be Emmanuel, God with us, with us is God, and therefore the message of hope, the message of assurance that you will be delivered from all the enemies. Now, when Jesus came and was born, right immediately in the context of the war as well, King Herod, being a powerful Roman emperor, I mean, he executed, he could kill anyone. And then he ordered, I mean, that one to kill all 
the firstborn. It's, a, it's kind of a mirror, a little bit of Egypt. Remember, if, if kind of Moses, you know, uh, talked to let my people go, and then uh, Pharaoh, the king, you know, ordered to kill. Uh, no, the, Moses told that, you know, tonight, if you don't let up go, that God, the angel of death, will kill all the firstborn son in the land, except those who have, you know, the, the sign, the doorpost, with the blood of a lamb that would be spared. And all the Israel followed instructions, so all the firstborn sons spared. But even Moses himself, that the before were born, was ordered all the midwives to kill all the Hebrew sons firstborn. But some of the fearing, God-fearing Hebrew midwives that led Moses kind of into the basket and was embraced by the princess and to nurture in the Egypt land. And so this fulfilled the call that out of Egypt I call my son. So Jesus was born yet in Bethlehem for registration, but he grew up somewhat in kind of uh, early days of maybe a few years. We don't know exactly. And then after the king died, Herod, then they came back. And so fulfill prophecy that he will become a deliverer of Israel, deliverer of his people. Are you still with me? Immanuel. With us is God. In the context that I'm with you, I will deliver you. I will save you from all the enemy attack. I will save your life. I will bring you into the land. I will bring you into the promised land in the Old Testament context. But what does it mean for us today, Emmanuel? Do we need to take back the land in Israel in order to be delivered? The meaning has come to a different level. It means our spiritual meaning that I will deliver from all the bondage of sin. So Egypt was kind of a symbol of bondages of sin and slavery. I will deliver you from all of that. The house of bread. For extra information, there were two locations called Bethlehem, Bethlehem of Judah. This is the right location of Jesus' birth. Another called Bethlehem in Galilee, which is on another tower. So not be confused that if you kind of uh, Google and search for the location. But Bethlehem of Judah is the exact point that where Christ was born. Today, if you visit, there, they call it the Church of Nativity. Uh, we don't know its exact location, its possible location, there will be a church there, and there will be a cave, right? And so early first century people uh, kind of confirm, double confirm, think that a possible location. So people uh, every year have, a, you know, tourist, tourism, they go there, you know. And so that's why sometimes the Catholic version have Jesus, Mary, or Joseph, Mary, uh, kind of in the cave because of, out of that uh, location. But the Bible never mentioned it's a cave. It, it's uh, it, it's uh, the, the English translation, translation is the inn or hotel. It's not the case. It should be just a, a, a common house that they're passing by. And they, they, they pass by and it's got a bit hurry. And so they need to find a place. And the common practice there is hospitality. Uh, uh, even today, if you're passing a certain village in Israel, they will host you without question. But they give you whatever, maybe a sofa, uh, can be on the floor with a mattress. 
by hospitable practice, you just accept what it is. And you don't, no question asked. Uh, and the rule is after, I think, maybe 48 hours, tw uh, two days, uh, you're allowed to ask questions where you come from, how are you doing, what make you passing through here. So hospitality, they practice without any question, part of the culture. And we mean that they would not usually give the basic food, food to the animals, food for those uh, who stay there overnight. And so it's not like, you know, the hotel inn, the innkeeper treated Joseph and Mary badly. It's just there was no room. It's a fact because they also hosted others. It's like today if you're passing to town and, uh, and you come to church and say, Pastor, I have no, no place to sleep tonight. I probably tell the uh, church, that, oh, anyone have a sofa want to offer? And she said, yeah, pastor, I don't have a sofa, but I have a kitchen. You say, yeah, go there. Have a mattress and sleep there overnight. And that's the case. So I want to bring that contact, historical contact for you. It make a whole set different than those probably you hear the message like, oh, you know, the innkeeper didn't know that it was Jesus. Otherwise, he treated him badly. Because they've been passing through town for registration. It just happened that Joseph and Mary were there. It's just ordinary people. It's not a VIP. You need to be treated, you know. And so, but they already offer the best available, which is, for us, com com you know, comparatively, or so far, a kitchen. For them, it's a, it's a manger. And now, of course, we people read in, there will be a stable, there will be animal for, you know, for a story. But the Bible never described that. It could be, you know, next to animal farm, but maybe in a manger, that's for sure. But we're not sure it's next to the animal or not, maybe the smell there. We just have to, you know, paint a little bit picture there, but the Bible make it just simple. Uh, Jesus was put in a manger. <laughs> Bethlehem. Is God with you? Is God with you? So uh, Jacob would be our uncle, right? Great, great, great uncle. I want to make, help you when you read the Bible, even though it's distant, but you have to take ownership of God's Word. It is the word for, for historical setting, is the word for the Israelite, yes. It is written, was written specifically for the people of Israel. We have to get that right. And then because of Jesus, the Emmanuel, God with us, and to our faith in Him, we Gentile added into this family, adopted in this family, and now we read the family tree and we call David King, our great, great, great uncle, Mary, Joseph. It's familiar with us. Christmas makes no sense if you and I read the Bible with a, with a distant heart, like, I don't know these people. I just know, you know, Jesus is, you know. A and some of us, even if you don't read, some of you think that Jesus and Christmas is the American guy. I asked some Vietnamese, right? I asked some Vietnamese, you know who Jesus is? Like, yeah, the American guy. Why? They saw on a movie. Yeah. And uh, say that, oh, they're the Middle East guys. They say, no, 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 it's American. must be American. You know, they, he, he's white. Yeah. This is a great time for you to tell the story. Colleagues, friends, loved ones. 
because the world got a very wrong story and very mixed up message. Just in case you don't, just personal, right? I don't, I, 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 if you come to Christmas, you know, in our church and you wear Santa Claus, I will ask the usher to take you out. I mean, this is a joke, okay? <laughs> because it's very mixed message. I know there's a churches that you have Santa Claus and all of this. Ho, ho, go around giving gifts. It's for fun, Pastor. Why are you so, why are you so difficult? No, I'm not being difficult. I just want to be biblical. <laughs> I mean, the world has already got messed up with so many different messages about Christmas. Make sure you tell them the right one. And definitely not the Santa Claus. I don't know how you communicate. Be creative. This Christmas, if someone invite you, invite you for a party Christmas, tell them. Stand up and tell, you know, can I have a few words? Everybody said at Christmas, do you know the, but the birthday of who? Not Santa Claus. Can you tell me, you know, two minutes of the kind of a gospel presentation nicely? Respectfully, of course. Are you still with me? Next slide, please. Um, I want to bring you to this kind of a, a meta-narrative, kind of a grand picture. Genesis 1. Adam and Eve were created in the garden. God with them. God with Adam and Eve in the garden. God with Moses and his people in the tabernacle. They did not see God's face. They did not, cannot touch him because even Moses asked, I want to see your face and say, no, you cannot see my face. You see my face, you will die because my holiness is utmost is like the sun, let's like say the, the sun or solar system. Anything approach the sun will be melted. Whatever the material they invented will be melted. And so anyone who sees God's faith will die. So Moses asked for that one for the honor and say, okay, I let you see my back. That's the only thing that Moses saw. Not other people. So people, how, how do they know that is God with them? Well, they follow the instruction was given to Moses, and then they have the law later on. They live according to the law was given via Moses under the instruction of the mediator at that time of Moses, and they follow the instruction of God, the Lord Yahweh, through Moses to go about their daily business. So the only way they know that God was with them it's because they did God's work. They followed the command. Tabernacle, later on, that God instructed to build a temple. Right? David attempted to build the temple. But God said that your hand is just so bloody. I mean, you're fighting, you kill, all of that. But I will let your son build the temple. So we got Solomon's temple. Uh, in the Solomon temple, and after that will be the second temple destroyed. After that, rebuilt again. Uh, they remember during the tabernacle they have the call the Ark of Covenant, right? The Ark of Covenant. There will be God, some kind of a symbol. God dwell there with His people. God has always been with His people, but it's whether the people recognize it or not, or whether people in relationship with Him or not, because God will not. 
with people who do not recognize that him, who do not consider him as the Lord Yahweh, do not follow his command, God was not with those people who refused him. Is God with the world? Yes and no. He was with the world. That's why he loved the world so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ. So those who believe in him will be with God and God with them. So don't be naive and say that, you know, uh, you know God, God loves you and you do whatever you want, whether you, you believe him or not, it's okay, he's, uh, he's good. Now at the end you will save. And that's, that's not the Bible tell us. The Bible only tell us that those got with them when they believe in his son Jesus. Because from the temple to the manger, it, it took 700 plus years, 700 plus years to really to see the Savior Emmanuel with us is God was born in Bethlehem. They waited that long. From the manger to the body of Christ, here we are. We skip a little bit because from the manger to the body of Christ, it requires the death of God's Son, Jesus Christ. It needs the resurrection that's hopeless and pointless. The resurrection and then it needs ascension. That God needs to be enthroned as king. Remember, what Emmanuel all in the context of war. King fought each other. Israel fought, defended with other neighboring countries. So the deliverer must be king in order to deliver his people. So for the resurrection, the ascension to the, the King Jesus, he enthroned there so he will be coming back. To deliver us. So Jesus is the second Adam. Or sometimes called the last Adam. Jesus is also second Moses. Or sometimes the last Moses. Because he both the savior and the deliverer. In the context of a spiritual warfare we have now. It's not the war between country and country. For us we need to keep the gospel pure. Not romanticize politicized, or socialized. It has to be pure as in a biblical sense. So even country, fight country, we pray for Israel. We pray for Palestinians. We pray for those who even against His Son Jesus. As the Apostle Paul persecuted Christ and appear, he appeared to the Apostle Paul and say, you know, why are you persecuting me? You never know if your prayer and my prayer to pray for the Hamas. And probably the Hamas said, who are you, Lord? I'm the one that you're persecuting me. Think about that. If the thing about the country that in conflict with your nationality in conflict, we need to pray for them as well. That the biblical gospel, not being politicized, not being romanticized, not being socialized. Are you still with me? If I fail anything today, I want you to have the gist of the 
Christmas message. The Emmanuel, God with us, was born. If we talk about love, joy, peace, and hope, that will be making no sense outside the context of war. Why we need love, hope, peace, and joy. If we live in a place that full of comfort already, it's all about us. It's we care for ourselves. We always that we in a tension. Our life is full of tension and 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 conflicts. Even our own thought is conflict or our relationship. We will never be able to come to the term of like totally is you know peace without war. Peace in Christ happened and exists even in the midst of war in both the time of King Ahaz. Because they believe in the word of Isaiah, and they believe there will be Emmanuel, God with us. And they fought the battle, and they saw victory. And of course, they sin again, they will be exiled again, and so on and on, as you read the story. Now, it is so strange to you, I invite you to read the Bible next year, cover to cover. So the body of Christ, so God, Christ came back, ascension back. Now, He sent the Holy Spirit, we saw the book of Acts. Which means God sent one of the Godhead, God triune God, God the Holy Spirit with us, dwelling with us right now. So the church is not an institution, even though different countries still require restoration like, like us. But we have to understand the biblical sense, the church is not an institution. It is the body of Christ. And God is dwelling with us through the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with us. In this sense, because Christ has died and laid the foundation for the church, and He is also the head of the church, and He is the coming King. He's coming back to do what? To deliver us of the final deliverance. Right now, our sin, when we repented, our sin will be forgiven and delivered. As you know, Romans um, 8 talk about the whole creation groaning for the redemption of His Son. is coming because the whole creation is corrupted. It's from worse to worse until the time that Christ is coming back. The gospel message, the Christmas story in one time is here, 24th December 2023. We look back 2,000 years ago. We take that message we embrace, part of our history because we are His people by faith. And now we look at our present, we declare the good news. God is with us, but make sure is He with you. How do you know that He is with you? If you know His word, if you know His command, if you know Jesus. If somebody going to ask you this Christmas, tell me more about Jesus. Tell me more about Abraham. Tell me more about Ruth. Tell me more about Obed. Will you be able to tell them? And now we look forward. 2000, 2024, 
30, 60, because the birth of Christ that gave us hope, the time that King Ahaz heard the word, he received hope, hope of conquering other enemies. But they waited 700 years. They looked both to forward of the deliverer. The time that was declared in Matthew chapter 1, the people under the oppression of Roman Empire. The Roman occupied their land, taxes them, control them, uh, but still leave them some room for the Jewish group, but basically they're in control. So the people of God at that time thinking the deliverer will kick out the Roman's emperor. That's why they mistakenly you know, cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna, as Jesus entered the Jerusalem. And later on, right after that, crucify, crucify, crucify him. Because they want a political king and not a deliverer of all the bondage of soul. So they made a mistake again. But after that, in the book of Acts, they saw that this King Jesus, this Savior Jesus, will be a deliverer us. And no longer that we need the land. We go out to spread out from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the end of earth. So the message of hope and salvation no longer being bound by the land. So the Jews today in Jerusalem or in Israel, of course they pray and they hope that the, the, the temple of Mount, the one that occupied by Islam, to be returned. So they have a wailing war, they cry out. But because a bit sad for them because they did not read the New Testament, that the message of hope is no longer bowed by the land. Whether the land is still significant for the end time, I can't answer that. But I tell you, when Christ comes, everyone will notice, will know. We don't need to be in Jerusalem to, to be saved. Because the message of hope that already declared by Jesus. And interestingly, in Matthew 20, um, uh, verse 28, that when he said this to the disciple, uh, as you know, the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that have commanded you. The disciple wrote this and recorded this. Behold, I am with you always. The idea here is also Emmanuel. I'm I has always been with you. From the garden to the tabernacle to the temple to the manger to the body of Christ to the great commission, I will be with you until the end. But you must know my son Jesus and his mandate. So that great commission, which means it's not a suggestion, it's a commission and it's required, is a command for all Christians, not for pastor, not for expert. Every one of you who believes. Are you still with me? Last but not least, last slide. Emmanuel, the body of Christ. This is God's dwelling right now. When he comes back, as John said, that he went away so that he prepared us a mansion. And has many rooms so that we can be with him forever. That will be eternal place. I mean, the language have to use some sort of thing that we can recognize. That mansion, palace, home, rooms. 
But then we always, it's interesting because there's this room. So that's always the idea of communal setting and personal setting. You got rooms, but then you got palace, you're always going out. So what you are going to experience, a glimpse of heaven is the body of Christ. All tongue, all tribe that we gather together, worship Him. And there will be the day that He come back and will take us to the holy city, the city of eternal city in where we dwell with Him forever. Past, present, future with us is God. His name is Jesus. As long as you and I have Jesus, we know Him deeply and embrace Him deeply. God with us. So somebody asks you, is God with you? Is God with you? Amen. Amen. Is God with us? Amen. Amen. Just spend a couple minutes for personal reflection. And then we will close us with uh, a few announcements. The question I pose before you is, uh, in what way, Emmanuel, God with us, is tangible in your daily life? You know. Nobody knows, but you know. Be honest. If you don't feel that God is with you, you might begin to get to know Him and strengthen and reestablish the relationship. Some of you may know the celebrity better than Jesus. Begin to read his word. Know his name. Know his family tree. Know the story. I spent a couple of minutes.
thank you, Lord, for coming down to us and be Emmanuel. You are with us. Lord, I pray that you are with us, translate into our daily practices. When we are alone, Lord, I pray that people would not feel lonely because you are with them. When they face trial, challenging circumstances, it seems like everybody surrounded them would make their life difficult, and they know that you are the deliverer. In a constant stress and hectic of life, whether we put our own pressure or other people pressure us as the oppressor, we always have to be under some form of government, some form of the oppressor according to the Bible. But Lord, we continue to live up the message of God with us. It's also, I pray for those who are struggling with habitual sin, a sin that easily entangles, or a problem of drinking habit, a pornography addiction, or just lust, or just filthy languages. I pray that you deliver to deliver all the bondage of sin. Emmanuel, meaning God with us, who become the deliverer of all sin. Savior of our soul. Lord in every aspect of our life. The sanctifier. Help us to make the message of Emmanuel tangible, relevant to our life. So that people around us will ask, why are you so joyful? Why should you feel content? Why seem to have peace even in the drama, in the office, in our relationship? Tell me, who is with you? The world boasts about who they know and who with them. Whether money, wealth, or celebrity, or big names. If a conversation in a show show, people have a habit of dropping names to show how important they are. If that is part of a practice, let us drop Jesus' name. Make it tangible in our daily conversation. Not just Christmas after Christmas. We're full of activity and commercialize. Even if we don't say yes, but we agree with the world. That Christmas about commercial activity. We have been silent for so long. And the message of Isaiah to King Ahaz, there will be God with us, Emmanuel, with the, your deliverer. And the message to the people of God, to the body of Christ today, with us is God. And He will be your King, will be your deliverer will be your Savior, will be Emmanuel. It all, all it takes for us is to believe, have faith, and live it out. 
The message of Emmanuel does not require us to be perfected, to become somebody important, because we already have one person very important, that is Jesus Christ. And all of us be a servant of this King. King Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.